The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before give? a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Jordan Cooney. Hello, SEOs. My name is Jordan Cooney from Previsible. And this week, we're going to discuss SEO outcomes, how to identify and make an impact. Joining me is Craig Harkins, who is the Director of SEO and Content at Apartments.com, which is one of the world leaders in commercial real estate information with a comprehensive database of real estate data throughout the U.S. and Canada. They manage various properties, including Apartments.com, Forrent.com, and ApartmentFinder.com. And today, Craig and I are going to discuss SEO outcomes. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash AWT. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay. Here's my conversation with Craig, the Director of SEO and Content at CoStar. Craig, welcome back to the show. Hey, Jordan. It's great to be back. Yeah, we got this uh, regular monthly series going, unpacking how SEOs can look at enterprise situations and be mindful of, uh, of how to drive and create growth in, in SEO. And I love our topic today, SEO outcomes. It is one of the Interesting points in the year. We're recording here in July, and this will likely be published in July. You're at the midpoint of the year, and there's probably a lot of folks knocking on the door saying, Hey, what happened? Did we actually do anything? Did anything work? <laughs> and so, especially with July, you know, like we lost a month here, Jordan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we did lose a month here. <laughs> 
We did, we did. But hey, this is all part of the journey, right? Setting expectations. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so let's talk about SEO outcomes. Would love to get your point of view and what your thoughts are on on outcomes and where we want to navigate this conversation. Yeah, so when we think about the SEO outcomes, something that comes up when we were talking about this is that there's that disconnect that can come up between what do you want as an SEO and what are you really getting as an outcome for the business or for the user. And there are times where as technical SEOs, we get our blinders on and we just want things to go well for Googlebot. And that's our world and that's our life. We understand it and we can make those connections in our head of, well, of course I need the page headings to do this, or I need that one H1 on the page because that's the best practice and how we rank. And then when we take it to the UX team or the dev team, it's like, and why do you care about this? And we have to go and explain it. And we can't just throw up our hands and say, well, it's just the best practice. It's obvious. We need to be able to talk and communicate about the outcome we're trying to achieve so that The dev teams can understand what we're doing. Our UX partners can bake it into their process. And so that our QA testers can know what they're looking for to say, yes, this work is completed. It's met all the requirements and we're good to launch. It's really interesting the approach that we SEOs often take, right? And I'm as guilty of this as I think anybody is, right? You get those blinders up and you start thinking, oh man, if we could just get this in Google, if we could just make this work in Google, right? And so I'd I'd be curious to explore what are some of the best ways you feel you can bring that user value back into the conversation and how you can attach that to real outcomes to like to like impact. Yeah. Well thinking about the impacts, I think back to when I had an engagement with a consulting group. And I was talking about some SEO things I needed to have happen. And they did that, the five whys questioning that gets really frustrating when you're starting it. And then you see where they're going with it. And you're like, oh, okay, I, I get it. Like they're trying to unpack the root causes and the root desires. But, you know, it's like, I, I need these page titles to be targeted. Well, why? Well, so that we rank better in Google for this phrase. Well, why? Well, so that we can connect our brand with our customers earlier in their earlier in their journey while they're in the buying process and if you do that to yourself on the technical item that you're trying to accomplish and start asking those why questions about what that does for the brand for the user for their interaction with you then you can get to a more comprehensive user story and history and background so that you can talk it up to not just the technical side, but to you know your marketing partners, your UX partners to get everyone on the same page as what the business outcome is you're trying to accomplish. I love it. It's spot on. The why matters more than anything else concept is is something that not only applies to SEO, applies to a lot of aspects of our lives, right? And I think the one of the great learning lessons here about why is that for many of us SEOs is we start right with the very data analytical approach. We try to unpack like what's happening. We try to become very critical of of data and insights that we're gathering because those are the signals we often use to determine whether something is going to work or not work, right, for SEO. But the, the why is usually three, four layers deeper than that. 
It's into the, how does this create value for the user? Why will this be useful for, for our audience? Why will this be useful for generating more signups, leads, conversions? So a lot of those why questions happen even past that uh, data discovery that is so fun and so critical to how we do SEO. It's not, we, not, it's not that we should stop doing that. It's that we should keep going further in order to make this uh, incredibly effective. So Craig, how about we bring in some, some real world examples or moments in which defining the why and identifying that really helped you get to the SEO outcomes and the impact you wanted? Sure. So we'll go back to an SEO favorite of page titles. So we come in and we say, hey, we need these title tags updated, or we want to run an experiment on titles because we see that that can improve our traffic or improve our ranking to get us more organic clicks. And sometimes it'll be tough to say, well, what does that really mean for the user? Like, why are we going to go and do this? And a couple of other things that we can put in to, to talk about what the user sees is, well, the title tag also, that's the main tab on the browser that they have. Or in mobile, when you go to tabs, it's, it's right there to help you decide, oh, yeah, that was the page I was looking for. Or that's the one when you're quickly switching between the 20 tabs you have open and across the five windows that you've got that you're getting back to the right information. So there's that's a UX signal right there. And then you've got the signal on a Google search result of getting the right title to describe what they're going to land on. And it was originally taught to me as, as your titles, you've got to deliver on the promise of the click, which means that if I see something in the title and I click on that result, then the page I land on has got to reflect what I was being promised in that title tag. And so we connect that together so that when we're building our user story around updating page titles or having the ability to edit them or testing them, we build in that user journey as well. Like this is what users are looking for at this stage. And this is how this content we're delivering on the page connects. And this is what we need the the titles to look like. And so that makes the outcome and the journey very clear and tangible to everyone involved in the process, the copywriter, the dev team, the SEOs in the analytics team like that are running the experiment. And that helps us put it all into the user story. And then we can track that back to the impact as well. If we were expecting to get more people at this stage in the journey, we got more clicks, we saw more conversions. So we weren't just getting ranking for something that didn't matter. We were ranking for something that mattered to our business. And we can then build those different measurements based upon that, that story. And by tying it all together, you've got a connecting point. It isn't just something, quote unquote, for SEO. It has other applications within the marketing and product journey. There's something really unique about how you frame this title test and title concept for our listeners, which is, this is something we all play with, right? We all are constantly looking at titles, whether it's looking at our competitors, looking at the click-through rate of our own title, looking at the effectiveness of the sequence or the linguistic nature of titles. Is it Does it actually make sense from a language standpoint? And the interesting thing is, 
we're always processing and consuming data here. But the way that you frame that from a user perspective answers all the why questions from before and helps bring, like you said, all those team members on the same page in terms of why we might want to change a title or how that change in title might actually be universally applicable or useful for the business. And that's, that's I think, what is really the unlock for our listeners. I mean, no doubt uh, that title testing and titles can have an impact, but why should they have an impact? Connecting it back to that user gain or user benefit is such a critical component of the whole whole narrative. Yeah, and that's probably the easiest one to put out there because that's that first introduction of the page to a user. You know, talking about your headings, talking about your titles, that's the very easy on page. What's a little bit more difficult are the things like, well, why should I write a user? What's the user journey or user benefit of a of preloading your LCP image? Yeah, that's something that's very much for the bots or for web performance. And that's where you then going through that, getting up to your acceptable levels for page performance, that is something else that you're doing because maybe you've got a Google metric you're trying to hit to be on par with your competition. But then you track that back as, well, why is Google making that a requirement or a target for them? Well, it's because of user satisfaction metrics that they've identified. So you pull that back to the user satisfaction metrics that we want we want faster web pages or the perceived improvement in speed so that users are happier when they land on the page, they bounce less, they consume more content, they convert more down the road. Being able to tie those additional metrics post landing on your on the page are, is very important there. But when you're framing it, it's framing the, well, we're doing this to kind of meet a need in Google, but it's so that we make this connection with the user. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. It's funny, the other day I was listening to some SEOs talk about speed and performance and, and one of them piped up and said, hey, John Mueller said that speed and performance is not a ranking factor. And I kind of laughed and chuckled because I'm like, 
If we just follow everything that John Mueller and other Google advocates say, we, we'd probably be lost because the reality is, is that what they say isn't what really dictates what our business needs. Our business needs are dictated by our users and our customers and our, our end audience that we're trying to reach. And so that that's the more appealing way of looking at it. And like your example exemplifies, like if we're building speed tickets because someone at Google says we should or shouldn't do them, we're missing the point. It's about really making the pages and our and our websites more performant for our audience and consumers. Yeah, totally. And you know, when you're listening to the questions that get asked of of the different search liaisons, whether you know whether it's John Mueller or someone else at a conference or on on Twitter or anything, it's very important to listen to what the specifics of the question are and the situation because. What is often imperated out in SEO land as, oh, this is the new Google mandate, is really a specific answer to a specific situation that then gets extrapolated out by everyone that's trying to spin it out into these other areas. And I'm going to, you know, going back to Star Wars and Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, it's, it's, hey, that is true from a particular point of view. And the way Google says some things, requires you to really parse, well, if they say there's not a penalty for this thing, well, does that mean that that has no impact on your ranking? Well, a penalty is something that's manually applied after all the ranking factors are considered. So if you're not going to rank anyway because of this bad practice, then was it a penalty or was it just you being bad? So those are the things we've got to be wary of. And that's why I go back to that, how is it benefiting users? and how does it make users happier to get to that content, get to the page? If we're like winning all of those things, then we make it look dumb for Google not to rank the page. And, and that's kind of the position where you want to be at, where you're an obvious choice, where you're doing all the right things and you've baked it all into the user journey so that you're building those user stories that are really well-defined and you have them implemented, you're getting those, you're getting the behavior on the site that you expect. So that way you get all the benefits of the ranking factors you were targeting. It's such an interesting evolution that we've come in terms of SEO. And I do feel that we're going to be at a nexus point, especially with how AI is pushing not just search, but just user and user needs in, in a much more accelerated way. We're going to be in a place where the prioritization and the the efforts around how we think and talk about SEO are going to become more user-based. I feel like for a long time, people have said this, but very few people have done it. It's been more of a, this is what competitor X did, let's do X. Or this is what I'm seeing working on test group four, let's keep doing test group four. That's been the more uh, conventional way of thinking. But this user perspective and paradigm forces us to become more creative as an SEO group and be thoughtful about how we implement features, content, and eventually the discoverability and awareness of our pages and websites. So I think that's where this gets really fascinating uh, for SEOs and and how we can leverage it. Moving maybe towards impact and how we talk about the topic at hand, right, is SEO outcomes. But outcomes are really a derivative of the goals that we set for ourselves. How do you think about that, especially from this user perspective? Because 
as a user, when we're focused on the user components, we almost have to change the way we think about some of the leading and lagging KPIs that we usually measure for, for impact. Well, in terms of the outcomes, I mean, when you're putting, when we're putting in our user stories, we're thinking about what we're trying to accomplish and why. And it may be a very Googlebot specific focus. Maybe we're cleaning up a template to reduce errors or we're updating page headings so that our targets more, our content's more targeted or we're meeting accessibility standards better. But we think about when we're prioritizing that work. So, okay, we've got 100 SEO stories we could put on the board which ones are going to have a larger impact to the business and we prioritize that way. And then after we launch them, we've got to go look at what business impacts were we expecting and let's track that. So it may be, you know, page engagement. Maybe we're trying to, maybe we're trying to impact bounce rates on our landing pages, uh, which is an indicator of user satisfaction with that content. Uh, We can, we'll track that after launch, or maybe we're using ranking of a certain keyword set as a leading indicator. Like, hey, is Google picking up the content we're throwing down and, and recognizing it as such? But then we've got the lagging indicator of the, the traffic on the page. So we'll set up the different dashboards and we want to come back after sprint release to talk to the dev teams. Hey, this is what you did last sprint. You know, we've had a sprint to let that be live in the wild and here's what we're seeing. And we expect this to have reach its plateau in one month or three months, you know, depending upon the change. Or maybe it's things that we're waiting for the next core update to see the impact. But we always come back to the teams to report on the impact of what they did. Because if they're just churning through a bunch of tickets and they're like, yeah, I implemented 10 SEO tickets this sprint, but I never got any feedback on what it did, then they're not feeling like they're doing something important. And so what with us coming back with those impacts, here's what you did, here's what it's accomplishing, here's what it means to the executives and to the business overall, that gets the dev team excited for the next round. You know, the next time they see SEO project B as a headliner for their for the next quarter, like, oh, yeah, that was really impactful stuff last time. Let's jump on it. Versus, oh, Googlebot tickets. Yay. <laughs> Nobody wants those. <laughs> it, it's so true though. That that's the cycle too, right? Like the the dev cycle when we're in enterprise SEO situations. They matter. And the momentum you can build off of past work and having the right numbers that that move the needle, it changes the game the next time you come up with the next set of tickets you want to you go after. Yeah, and that's the way that you sell back in, in sprint demos and in your demos with your sales and marketing teams. Like, this is what we released on the web and this is what it looks like and this is how it helps the users refine their search or get further along in the journey. And those are all things that come back and integrate in with the rest of the product teams because that's what the rest of the product team is trying to do also. And so it makes the SEO work part of that overall product cycle. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the, the cycle that not only comes in with the product work that you're doing, but I think even more importantly, the messaging of the user value all the way down to the company or corporate or financial value is something that is is often 
missed, right? We sometimes go back and say, oh, hey, we, we've aligned this to this Google guideline or this, this competitive feature that we've done. But we always forget that in the middle of there are people that are actually coming to our website and trying to use that thing. <laughs> so right. keeping that front and center sometimes is more valuable than the competitor who is doing X or Y. So Craig, when we started this episode, we kind of were talking about, hey, we're at this mid-year point, right? We're kind of closing in on the first half of the year and, and we're moving into the second half of the year. And I'd really like to get your take on how our listeners and SEOs should be thinking about the outcomes that they've achieved so far and, and how they can continue pushing into the second half of this year. Yeah, I think we all came into the beginning of the year with a long list of, of items that we wanted to accomplish. Even if you're in a true, even if you're in an agile environment, you come back through with your audit and your idea list of what you want to accomplish. And then you load those up and then you then you get rolling and naturally some things get pushed out. Some other priorities come in and get injected to like push everything else down. And so now's a good time of the year to do a little bit of a reset with yourself. Um, what I like to do is go back to the board and look at what are all those ideas we had and that we scored and go through and look at them again and see, okay, for the second half of the year, what are the things we absolutely have to accomplish? And then what are our nice to haves or what's going to be the kind of Q4 downtime tech debt things that we can bake in and layer those out. I mean, right now we're over 50% through the year. So if I go back to my beginning of the year goals, I should be more than halfway through all of them. That's what I'm communicating to my team that we look at the goals we set in Q1 and how are we tracking to those. And it's a good time to go back through and inventory everything and say, am I really on track with what I committed to at the beginning of the year? And then what do I need to do to make sure I stay on track or to get back on track and to communicate that back out effectively? And really for enterprise SEO, it's that communication piece is critical. If you committed to stuff at the beginning of the year, and even if no one talked to you about it through June, it's going to come back up because you made a commitment at some point. So go back through your commitments, look through those and make sure that you can reset on the ones that you've accomplished, what else is on the roadmap and what you've got to get done through Q3. Because we know with Q4, once we hit Thanksgiving in the US, it's kind of <laughs> like nothing, nothing's getting done after that. My friends in e-commerce, it's even before that. You know, I don't know when their lockdown is, but it's coming up. Uh, so you want to get through everything, you know, go through your checklist of items and just make sure that you've got your communications ready for those things that you've got to prioritize to get your end of year goals done. It's a great time to do that uh, retrospective review of what's been done, where to go. I think it's great advice for all of our listeners and in, in ensuring that they see the outcomes that they want to have in SEO. That wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thank you to Craig Harkins, Director of SEO and Content at CoStar for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Craig, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is at Craig Harkins, or visit his company website, apartments.com.
And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.